Salvation to Sonship. Who's excited about that title? Yeah? You should be excited to th about that title. So, um, so anyone that's just joined today, um, we've, we've been kind of been kind of starting at a certain point and working, working through, and that's probably been quite frustrating for some people, I'm sure. But at the same time, I'm just wanting to pick people up on the way through because you just never know where people are at, right? Right, right, right at Salvation. I was watching this real cool TikTok video actually this morning um, because I'm so uh, spiritual. Um, and so there's this, there's this guy, I don't know if anyone's seen him before on TikTok. He looks really, really young, and I think he's a New Zealander. He's got headphones on, and what he does is he there's some sort of app where you can live speak to people live and ask their questions, and he's and he's basically doing apologetics ministry, and he's helping young people especially. He helps everyone, but he helps young people especially. And you see them on, and they're going, and he'll ask them a question like, "Oh, depending on where they're at, let's say they're let's say they're a Christian already, or they've they've been going to church, and they're like, uh, and he'll be like, okay, so how do you go? How do you know you?" you're saved. And they'll be like, oh, this one today, this guy goes, oh, I preach the gospel. And he goes, but that's not what you're doing, not what Jesus did. And the guy's like, ah, oh. and the penny dropped that he didn't realize he'd been a Christian, this guy, for 10 years and had no idea that it wasn't actually anything to do with what he was doing, right? Because a lot of people think of the behavior-based, the religious-based sort of thing. So we're trying to help people with that sort of stuff. Um, and, that's, and that's what we're talking about with his salvation. But I just thought it was really cool. This guy, if you ever get a chance to see him, he's pretty amazing. Um, he's asked, people ask him really hard questions. Well, if God loves me, why did he do this? Or it says in the Bible this. And all the, you know, the typical questions, if you've been around a wee while, you start getting into those questions and you want to know the answers, which is a really good thing. But our gospel is a powerful gospel and it stands up to any argument that comes against it. Um, sometimes it's hard for us. I'm, me as a saved, I'm, I'm five years ago, I had no idea. I had no idea about any of this sort of stuff. So it's been a journey, but I was just trying to help. Because I was so, what I went through when I first came to Christ five years ago, about here somewhere, um, then I had this problem because I didn't really know how to do, I guess, Christianity, whatever that was, you know? And I'm like, well... So, so, what, so what now? You know, I, I believe in Jesus. So, and I, at the moment, that moment, I didn't even know that mean I was saved. Didn't really know that. I just knew he was real, and I knew he loved me, and I didn't know him. And so the journey continues, right? I'm looking around going, well, how do I do this Christian thing now? I've decided to step over into this world, even though I was way heavily in this world before. Strong atheist. The guy that would laugh at the Christians and go, scam. Scam. Absolutely, they got conned. And, um, and here I am right now in front of you guys. Does that feel comforting? Is that comforting? <laughs> so working on this word for, to, for oh, man, I don't know. God loves to do this. He loves just to wait in the wings. And he makes you, you work on a word and you know what you're wanting to sort of talk about. And then, and you go, it's good, but it needs you real big time, Lord. So if you can just step in at any moment, and that would be amazing. And then I went out, and I was like, okay, here it comes, and nothing. So here I was stuck with this word that I've put together, and I'd worked quite hard on it, and I just, just felt, it's just kind of all over the show. And then uh, yesterday in the morning, I was completely somewhere else, 
in my mind. I was just hanging out in the garden, walking around, talking to God. And I think I had a podcast on or something because I can't help myself. I'm always trying to learn new stuff. And this word, uh, this, all these, basically the sermon started dropping, which was what I was talking about, but it was corrections. It was like he's going over, like, you know, the teacher comes along and you're sitting at the desk and he comes over and he just goes, grabs the pen and just changes the title, changes a few things. Yeah, that's all right, but just put that there instead of there and then get rid of that bit and all that sort of stuff. So he started fixing some stuff, so I'm so glad. Just to let you know, that's not to let you know that, oh, I'm so anointed because God helps me out with my homework. It's, it's because you will have the same Holy Spirit and he talks to you as well. You just got to ask him to come in. And sometimes it's not always immediately. He's always there. Sometimes he just wants to... Stay quiet for a bit longer, and you'll see why when you watch why the uh, what this is all about. So, salvation to sonship, becoming a kingdom builder. Did you know you are a kingdom builder? You get to be a kingdom builder. Today we're talking about creativity. So, um, step one, right? Salvation. So let's just let's just pull out some passages here. We've got John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's right there. Whoever believes, it's not whoever does the best, whoever's the greatest. Yes, that counts. Yes, there are rewards in heaven. But salvation is received. There's nothing you can do for it other than receive it. Yeah? Isn't that amazing, though? Like, right off the bat, isn't that just incredible, flat-out incredible? We do not deserve it. It's like we did something wrong, and he didn't, not only did he not punish us, he took the punishment for us. Not only that, he didn't deserve the punishment out of anyone in the world ever who deserves the punishment. It was not him. And he took the punishment fully for us. And not only that, the next part, which is the sonship part I'm going to talk about, is he's wanting to bless us. Like, this just blows my mind. It's like... We've got a policeman in the room. We've got a, it's like getting, like, let's say you were speeding, right? And you crashed over, the, crashed over the roundabout and you broke some things and the police come and pull you over and they pull you aside and they come up to give you a ticket and the, and the policeman says, um, he says, Constable Jesus here. He says, I noticed you were speeding, went through a roundabout, took out some of our stuff. It's a bit of a mess. He says, tell you what, don't worry about it. I'm going to fix it all up. You just have to believe in me. Not only that, I'm going to pay for that. And also, if you go and smash up the roundabout, the next one, I'll pay for that one as well. Like, that's sometimes hard for us to receive, right? Because it depends if you're, because the justice part of us rises up. But this is how good he is. You got something, Dad? Oh, cool. I'm always adding to Nikita's talks. <laughs> Ephesians 2, emphasis emphasizes, though this is what it talks about, it emphasizes the grace of salvation, which is what we talked about. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. It's right there. And then Romans 10, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So are we good with salvation? Good with salvation. I hope there's someone here that never knew that, and that just clicked. Because when that drops, it's pretty incredible. It could be quite overwhelming when that drops, right? When that drops, it's like, boom, 
Whoa. You, you realize God is so good. That's how good he is. You know, all that fake news out there about how angry and spiteful he is and all those sort of things. So, you've accepted your salvation. Now what? Because remember I said that was my problem. I'm sitting over here going, so now what? Um, it's such... We're all different. All our walks are different. Some people have been at church, in their church uh, since they were young. They've, in their families, they've got a tradition of being in church, and that's awesome. And you've got a testimony that's like, oh, I'm, you know, this is Nikita. Nikita was um, born into a, a, an absolutely on fire, Holy Spirit filled family of God, like, absolutely sold out for God. They were seeing signs and wonders and miracles while she was just hanging out underneath the seat and playing with her friends. And things were happening in the room that were just normal to her, and that was just how she grew up. Not me. I was the opposite of that. We didn't, God wasn't spoken about, and that, and that sort of thing. So I had no, like, no real idea of what was going on other than stuff you'd hear here and there. And I thought Christians were pretty, pretty bland, to be honest. I was like, yeah, Christian people that don't really want to talk to any because they're a bit weird. And, uh, and that sort of thing. So I'm just being real, right? I'm just being real, okay? Now it's totally different. I don't think like that at all. <laughs> now I'm that guy, yeah. <laughs> so guys, how are we all? <laughs> so where to now? Um, when I was in, the, I used to be in the army, and I joined the, uh, when I, was, I joined the initial, uh, like the what I call the real army, and then I got um, positioned in the. New Zealand Army Band, so I got to be a professional full-time musician, and so when I got there, I'm like, I'm looking around going, okay, so I'm now I'm an Army Bandsman, so what does it look like to be an Army Bandsman? So I thought, right, I'm going to look around, and whatever I see, I'm going to be, I'm, that's my future, I'm going to be like those guys, and so I noticed they all drove station wagons, so I didn't know why, turns out it's because they're all brass band musicians, and they've got all these euphoniums and trombones and all long and weird shapes so that and they always go in groups you know so they're always oh, I'll pick you up mate and they pick up three people and there's a whole bunch of brass instruments thrown in the back so they all drove I didn't know that was why but I was like I better get I better get a station wagon and then that's what you got to do right and then I'm like well what does everyone do so at Smoko everyone goes because there's Smoko in those days it was called would go in and it would be the, this is in the 90s right this is 91 92 um, and so we would go into the smoko room and it would, there's only three people that smoke, but the whole place would be filled with smoke. So you had to decide whether you're going to be a smoker or not. I didn't choose that, but it didn't really matter because the amount of smoke in the room, I didn't get, I didn't have to pay for it. I just got to be in there and breathe it. And so, and they all had coffee and the coffee was always one scoop with two sugars and we call it NATO style. And we would put that, a bit, drop of milk and that's what we would all do. We'd all have a coffee at smoker and we'd all moan about the politics of the band and uh you know that, that's what you do you look around and go i guess this is what being a army bandsman is like and it wasn't until a while into it i realized i didn't really want to be like that so i started changing how i did things and i started changing how i thought about things and it's just a little bit like the same here i came here and i go well how do i be christian and i go and, and i'd see the i'd watch you know online stuff and the and the preacher was always in skinny jeans and white shoes and he was, uh, and they were, you know, cool haircut, and they were out there with denim jacket and all that sort of stuff, preaching away. And and I was like, okay, well, that must be my future. And so, and that happened when I when I oops, sorry, wrong way. When I joined, that's not me, by the way. I just thought it looked a bit like me. 
you can decide which one. So, so when I came to Aspire, um, I'm a musician, right? Been a musician for 30-something years and a professional musician. So I've played in some pretty big deal sort of stuff as far as musicians go. You know, the sort of stuff musicians go like, wow, did you play with this guy? Wow, you got to play on that band. And we got to do some pretty, what was that? Played for the Queen, that sort of stuff. Yeah, literally like an audience of just her um, with, with the army band. So um, they brought their station wagons. And then, uh, and so done lots of cool stuff. Um, sung the national anthem at Gallipoli, you know, for our country. That was amazing, probably the highlight of my life. Just amazing. God loves, God loved me even when I wasn't saved, you know? He was blessing me. It's pretty amazing. So I joined Aspire and I'm like, so I'm a big deal musician, probably going to be uh, in charge of the worship. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And then I, and of course, I'm thinking big stage, lots of lights, amazing band, six piece, incredible musicians inner ears, all the sexy stuff going on, they, you know, where they pop it out and just let it hang there, they let the, you know, you know, when the ear, they got inner ears and they just take them out and just let them hang, a bit like the doctors going around the hospital, they've always got the stethoscope, even though they never use them, it, they just want people to know that I'm a doctor. So I'd be like, oh, inner ears, all that stuff, that'll be me, can't wait, like Hillsong, and then, of course, I come to Aspire, and the only people is in worship is Matt and Georgie. It was Matt and Georgie. And, I, and I'm like, if I'd chosen a church to be at, it'd be something like Annersbrook, you know? It's got the whole setup. I love Annersbrook. It's got all the gear, and I'd be just rocking straight in there with all these cool musos, and we'd be blasting out amazing music. And, but what we ended up was I um, had to half-teach Matt guitar at the time because he knew, like, four chords and wasn't really sure about those. Georgie knew some chords as well. She was going for it. And, and amazing, worship was anointed right here. It was anointed. I didn't get that, though. I'm like, yeah, but where's the drums? Where's the big, you know? But that was just where my mind was at. And so what I'm going to be talking about today is a thing called maturity. And I didn't have maturity <laughs> at that moment. And I obviously had some character stuff that needed working out. You know, I didn't complain about it outwardly. This is just in my mind. I'm like, oh, man, I wish it was a big band and I wish it was all this worshippers, inner ears, and all these things. Um, but God is, puts you in a place for a process. He loves the process, and there's a reason for that, which we'll, which we'll show you today. So that was me, little baby in the faith. Five years ago, looked pretty similar today, to be honest. Sometimes I feel like way when I'm preaching. So sonship. This is from Ephesians 4. So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors and teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It's a powerful, powerful statement right there. Now, sometimes I feel that when we become saved, we kind of stay there. It's like, I know I'm saved, and we go through life for whatever reason going, that's okay. Now, personally, as a new pastor of the church, I don't really want to be a caretaker or a, a, for, for Christians. I don't really, you know, I, I mean, I, I care for Christians. I'm not saying I don't care, but I'm, I don't just want to be like, 
you guys stay right where you are and I'll just, we'll just maintain the status quo and that'll be fine. I have a feeling this room is that kind of room that is not okay with that as well and that we are excited about what God's vision is for us and we're going to say yes and amen to that, no matter how scary that is, yeah? So let's have a look at that. So, by the way, there's some things I just want to point out here. Knowledge, sorry, reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. So knowledge of the Son of God. There's a few ways we can take that, and depending on what translation you look at. And to become mature. So we're becoming. So it's okay to become. You know, there's some people like, you know, hey, look, Jesus was enough, and now I don't have to do anything. And I don't think if Jesus was in this room, he'd be... That'll be the case. You'd be, you'd be excited about the things that he's got and planned for you. And become mature, attaining to the whole measure. Now, that's the other part. As I think more probably into next year, but we'll see what God, when God wants me to reveal some of this stuff. But we're going to go deep on some of these things to do with the whole measure. Because there's a fullness, I believe, in Christianity that has never really been fulfilled other than Jesus I feel that when Jesus, when Jesus came, I don't feel this, this is what he did. When he came, he came to show what it looked like to be a believer, to be a son of God. He showed what it was like to be a son. When he came, it was revolutionary. No one said father. Before that, it was Lord when you would pray. It was Lord, 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 and it was please, would you, please, would you. And then... When he came, they said, how shall we pray? And he says, our Father who art in heaven. Now, that would have been a bombshell at that moment. Imagine that, what what that would have caused at that moment. They would have been like, did you hear that? Father? That's getting a bit personal, isn't it? So, how dare you? know, You can imagine people being riled about that sort of thing. But he, he came to demonstrate his power and authority. And he gave that to us. That was handed over to us. It's in the scriptures. Sometimes we gloss over those things. Like you could gloss over that, right? Son of God became mature, uh, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of fullness of Christ. We kind of blah 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 when we read that, you know. That's I, I do that. I'm guilty of that, by the way. But I'm just saying we're going to point these things out and go. I want the fullness of the gospel. I want the whole gospel. And I want us to enjoy the whole gospel. And be blessed with the whole gospel. Yeah? So, and it also says in Romans 8, For creation waits eagerly for the sons of God to be revealed. Key thing in that is revealed. I think of like, imagine, um, you know when the, the sea pulls back and you see things on the, on the beach? You know, you didn't realize all those shells were there or whatever? That's to me what revelation looks like. That's revelation, Right? Revelation is revealing what was already there. They didn't place it there afterwards. It was already there. It's being revealed. And, and this is our journey, right? When we, get, when we become kingdom-focused, we're no longer... It's not like, oh, I'm just, a, I'm just a well-behaved Christian and I'm looking to be the best Christian. Like I'm just going to be so well-behaved and I'm going to be the nicest person you've ever met. And that's nothing wrong with those things. But there is power, and there's an authority that's been given to us. And, but we're required to grow, to hold that mantle. 
We're required to change. We're required to do that with him, with him. And then, by the way, this is Ephesians continuing on from what you just read before. I just wanted to throw Romans in there as well to show you that. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of the people, of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So there's growing. There's these words like growing, mature. There's these words that mean there's movement. We're not stationary. Yeah? What is maturity in Christ? So this is just some of the things. They're not in order. Um, How much you reflect Jesus think that's a real key one. Um, you can meet Christians, I'm not having a go here, but you can meet Christians who've been Christians a long time, but they lack maturity. And, and we probably all have an aspect of that about us where we lack maturity, right? Um, and it's, it's okay, but we're required to, I've, I've met people as well that have been saved and in Less than two weeks, I've had a conversation with them, and they're more mature, meaning they're reflecting Jesus and they know his character because they've met the man. They've had an encounter, and they know Jesus on a whole different level. So there's maturity in that, yeah? And we all get to have that, depending on what we have. We get to ask for that. Um, Intimacy, intimacy with the Father, intimacy with Jesus. Allowing the Holy Spirit to speak into our life through that intimacy, hearing his voice, having the five senses of the Spirit. It's the same five senses. We get to experience those in the Spirit. Knowing his character. Well, how do you know his character? You can see it in the Word. Or you can have the Holy Spirit directly. And then, so if something doesn't match up to his character, you've got to question that. Go, oh, I just, you know, you can read things in the Bible and you're just like, or someone says something to you, and this is because of that, and you're like, this doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't sound like the Jesus I know. And so, and, it, and it's good, this is good, by the way, you want those conversations, right? Because we need to challenge people with these things, and we also be able, need to have, be able to push back, because our God is resilient and can handle it, can handle it. So I put here the fruit of creativity, so the fruit, the sign, another sign of maturity is creativity. You're doing things. You're creating things. Could be your job. Could be creating things inside your family. Could be just creation on whatever level. We just had Georgie putting on a um, prophetic painting uh, day, which was got so many testimonies from. That's creativity. We're allowing creativity because he is a creator. And then we, um, we have his spirit. We have his spirit of creation. Does that make sense now, the creation thing? And it's interesting that that kept coming up today. So um, be encouraged to create. Some people here right now have been putting things aside, going, yeah, but I need to get stuck into this serious thing over here. And, and Jesus is like, do you want to go play? Should we go play? Let's go get messy. Let's get messy and play. Yeah? Let's make something. Let's build a house. Yeah? Probably going to take a bit more than a day. You know? Let's build a ministry. Could be. Could be let's just make some food and have a laugh. 
it's creativity, by the way, is joyous. It should be joyous. I know I tend to be have a, have a stern face when I create. When I'm busy creating, I have this face. But inside, I'm absolutely gl- full of glee. So I don't judge by their faces, by the way. Anyone else have a face like that when they create? A serious face? Yes, yeah, you do. First uh, Corinthians, Corinthians 3. Has someone got, um, can, can just read, wants to read that out? Just put your hand up when you've, when you've found it. First Corinthians 3. And if you're brave enough to read that out for us. Just not because I don't want to read it. It's just because I'd like other people to be involved. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to Sorry. spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there is envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? Thank you. I'll just stop you there. That's awesome. The, um, so the story we're here, you've got um, Paul's coming in, and there's some issues going on. People are there going, oh, I'm following this person, and I'm following that person. And from what I understood, I did a little bit more re- research on it. Apollos was apparently quite an intellectual. He was pretty clever. And so they got stuck into some pretty nitty-gritty stuff. You know, they were doing some we are, and then the other ones are over here. Oh, I follow Paul, and this is what I did. And so there was this sort of division going on. Does it sound familiar? Does that sound familiar in the church? See, that's something I never knew. I came, when I was a Christian, I thought, oh, all the churches love each other, and they think, and we all think the same, and off we go. And had little did I know that, man, they thought really differently. No, no, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. They start teaching all this and probably people doing it about this stuff right now. It's what happens, right? It's what happens. And so he's saying, don't, like, this is when we talk about the pride of, like, I, I eat heavy, solid food. You know, I don't like these wishy-washy sermons, you know, with joy and love and creativity, sonship. Just give me the, just give me the, oh, the little story where it was, you know, and then I'll pull it apart in the one sentence and we can fight about it. Now that is, by the way, this is, that's also fun. I like doing that too. I must admit, I like doing that too. And you should do that. That's a great, home group is a good place to go there. Am I right? Go, go to home group and have it out, you know? But, um, but anyway, that's what I just wanted to bring up, a little bit of that. How he grows your character. I put, you like those two pictures? It doesn't change no matter what age you are. It's the same. He grows your character through offense. If you're offended, that's a chance for growth. It's an opportunity for the kingdom to grow a little bit bigger in you in that moment. Fear, difficulties, problems, correction. Should we just stay here? It's just such an awesome word. Let's offense. <laughs> it's, it's, um, you wouldn't think so, right? It grows, literally. What else grows your character? It comes from that, right? It's only when something's broken that it needs fixing, yeah? 
So it makes sense? This is the part I want you to visual, visually see and I want you to be able to, to go away with. A vision of, um, this is us on the left. We want to grow you for the kingdom. He wants to grow you for the kingdom. On the left, that's us today. Okay? And that cup on the right is what he wants you to become. Now, I'm going through this right now myself. And so, and we, we all should be encouraged to go through these things. We've got to step into things that are difficult. We've got to step into things that are challenging and exciting. And there's always excitement and, and a challenge involved in stepping out into those things. For some of us here, it's, it's ministry. The little cup on the left, this is called context. It's what, what it can hold. Now, you can only hold so much in that little cup, right? God wants his kingdom to come. Now, if his kingdom is to come, he might require something of you, but the little cup that you are can't hold fully what he's wanting to do in your life. So he wants to, and he's happy to fill that cup, by the way, but he would love you to be the bigger cup. And he's got things right now, he's got, he wants to bless you right now, but the blessing he has for you cannot fill cannot fit in that little cup because he needs your character and your maturity to grow. I, f I feel like the word maturity is like the plan for the cup. That's the plan or the, or the design, like an architect, right, designs a house. I feel like the, the, the character is the materials. The character is what helps the thing have integrity and, and stay, stay strong. Now, there's I'll give you an example. In ministry, you'll see it all the time, right? Especially lately. If that cup hasn't grown and you get uh, a responsibility that you can't hold, you'll break. And that's where you see things creeping in to people's lives and it falls apart. It, and it doesn't just crack. It usually breaks the whole cup and the whole thing's It's just a mess. And so he's not growing you because he doesn't think you're good enough. It's because he wants to look after you and protect you and make sure you have character and the, and the right amount of maturity so that when he pours the weight of what he wants to do in the kingdom with you, that you can carry it. The same for your family, the same for your job, all these things. And he, you'll notice he's not just doing that in one aspect of your life. He'll be doing it all through every aspect of your life. There's somewhere he's just allowing, oh, it's not a word, I don't know about allowing, but he, he knows there's pressure on you and there's a point that needs to change. So for me, I'll be very authentic here and share with you what I have an issue with uh, that I've always avoided my whole life. And that is, believe it or not, leadership. <laughs> so you guys are really in trouble. It's my, that's me, the little cup there. So leadership was something I always saw, and I could tell it was one of those things in my life, and I'd always wanted to have, but it's one of those things I'd kind of, I'd turn it down whenever I could. So I lived a life where I set my life up so that it was the most stress-free life that didn't involve much leadership, because then I'd have to worry about other people, and other people's problems, and things going wrong, and dramas, and all these sort of, you know what I mean? So you can understand, right? And it makes sense. If you were to live my life, you'd be going, I, I totally see why you want to not be any, have any dramas. I had a very dramatic uh, family growing up. I love them to bits. Don't, I don't regret it at all. Amazing. But me being in that family with my personality was rough. And so I'm just like, you know what? I made, I made a rule. 
I'm going to avoid all drama. And when I become a big old grown-up, and I'm just going to avoid all that stuff and never have to worry about leading people and all that sort of stuff. I'll, I'll support the leader. Yeah, you go. Yeah, you go. Lead. Oh, awesome. You're doing a great job. Yeah, you're doing a great job. I was that guy cheering them on. But really, God was going, you're going to lead. And so here's an opportunity. Here's me being a cup, <laughs> a little cup trying to, uh, not trying to, actually really loving the, the process. But that's the thing. He's been showing me things, and he's showing me, we had some confrontations happening and when we were in Greymouth with some random people, things that I would normally step away from because I don't like confrontation. I'd normally be like, no, no, you're all good, you're all good. And I'd be like, just because I'd rather avoid the drama. Now I'm like stepping into it and going, no, you said this. No, no, hang on. No, calm down. You said this. That's how the fight started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I'm, but I'm standing my ground because God's going, we're going to have, I, I've seen, because of prophecy, I've seen, because of prophecy that happened in this house, I've seen what he wants for my, my future. But I've got a lot of growing before he can hand, hand that over to me. You know, he's not going to give it to me just because he said, well, you've, I promised it to you and I'm just going to sit there and play PlayStation until it happens. You know, there's a, there's a process involved, but he's, exci- he's bringing me along and teaching me along the way so that we can step into that. And so, and I know that vision's, that vision's exciting to me. And I know there's people here, I, I also just believe, Father, um, that we're going to see visions released today. There's going to be prophetic words spoken today in the ministry. Right now, that God is speaking to you right now. We declare right now that God is speaking to you about a vision of you being a bigger cup so that you can carry what he wants for you. It's an exciting vision of hope. It's a peaceful vision. It's a joyous vision. It's an exciting vision. So I just encourage you with that. So this, I am, this is the thing, there's a guy called Joseph Wilson, uh, and we've managed to connect with him, and might, maybe in future we'll do some stuff here with Joseph Wilson. He's, does everyone else know who he is? Yeah? Amazing. He's got an online, he's a Kiwi, he's got an online presence, and he does training programs for secular as well as Christian. He's sold out Christian, um, doing some amazing things in the kingdom, and, and what he does is he teaches kingdom principles about sonship, whether you're saved or not. He just teaches those principles. And he has this thing called I am, which I just love, because it's I am, and I, and I like this because we can all remember this. The I is identity, your identity, how you see yourself. Okay, or how God sees you is another way. We want to know how God sees us, but generally in this stage, it's how you see yourself. Assignment, that's like mission, right? Let's say, uh, literally a mission. Let's say it's like we're going to raising funds because we're going to Tonga. There's a good mission, and your identity is affected by the assignment. And then the next thing, it's a circular thing, by the way. Maturity comes from the assignment and your identity, and it's this loop. So we go on an assignment, let's say the assignment is building a house, right? Building a house, well now I've got this problem, I have never built a house and I wanna build a house. I'm assuming, maybe you built 20 houses, I don't know. Um, your identity is affected straight away. <gasps> I don't know if I could do that. What about, 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 right? So now you have to become someone so that you can do the assignment, and that's where the maturity comes. And then the maturity, it goes around and it affects your identity. And now your identity's bigger. 
Now your cup's bigger. Does that make sense? This is how we grow the cup with this I am, which is what the next great little graphic I put together is. You become a kingdom builder. I am. It's the I am is between the cup, by the way. I put that there. It's like I'm the little cup, and you, and you go through an assignment, and your identity change, maturity changes, and you get that picture. But that's what I'm hoping that you'll just have visually a picture of a cup like that. Yeah? So God wants your cup to be stronger, bigger, because he has a big vision. And he's looking for people all the time. Where can I do? I want to build my kingdom. Who's, who's ready? Who's, where are we at? You know? Imagine just looking out. And, oh, no, no, not you. No, 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 oh, no, not, definitely not that person. Oh, no, no, uh, no. Is, there any, is there anyone that can take this? You know? And so it's an exciting thing. I, I think there's less people than we realize that are putting their hands up for these missions, for these, for these big visions. How he grows your maturity. Relationship. We're talking about relationship a lot, right? That's relationship with each other because that's how we find out the negative stuff too, right? We get rubbed up the wrong way. We get offended by the someone in the relationship. You can see how that works. Mission or assignment we just talked about. The word. The word grows us in maturity. How beautiful. Prophecy. So when I first came to Aspire, um, actually, I, when I wasn't saved, Nikita said, do you want to, because she was coming, started coming to this church, and we're about, she's about a month in of coming here, and she goes, oh, we're doing this, um, there's a guy coming, and he's, what he does is he hears from God, and he tells you what God's saying about you, and everything in me was going, that sounds pretty cool, and, um, but I, but I'm being like the atheist that I was, kind of, I was, a, I was like, oh, you do you, babe, it's all good, and then, uh, she, and so it's like 7 o'clock at night, she's about 5 to 7, she's off out, she's about to go, and then she feels, it's a bit more of a story than this, because I actually said yes to it at one point, and then I said no. And then she was out and about to go in the car, and she goes, you know what, she's felt something in the spirit, go ask him one more time. So she went back, this is for everyone here that feels that little inclination, just to go with it. She went back, and, and I'd already kind of made my mind up in some way, if she comes back and asks me, I'll go. It was really weird. You know, these stupid weird, isn't it? couple weird stuff that couples do and and so she came in and goes hey I'm I really she actually said I really think you should come like it wasn't an ask it was a it was a and I was like yeah okay and so I came and so I sat I think we're over we're over there that day and we knew Wes and Carolyn who were the pastors and um we just because of other stuff that had been going on and I really like Wes and I didn't like that I like Wes and Carolyn by the way I didn't like that I liked them because they were Christians and they were pastors. But um, so we sat over there and, and I had my arms folded and, this, and um, we had this most amazing prophet in the house who was Al's mentor. And I always forget, John Steele. John, everyone's, ah, John Steele. What a powerful man of God. When, he's, when he spoke, I knew it was God. I can't explain it because I was not a believer, but I knew it was real. And every person that came up and he spoke over their life, I knew it was for that person and I knew it was, a, it was, it was like piercing for that person and that person, every one of them was broken because they knew that God knew them because he just said, he told this, you know, he's, he, I, this is what I hear from you. This is what God said about you. Some people, it was all different words and it was like, hey, look, you know, you're going through a rough time right now. God sees you, he sees you in your, um, and, and he, he'll say specific things that, that had to be for them and it, 
ministered to those people, and it was what they needed. Right at the very end, uh, I'm thinking, I really want to hear what he has to say about us or me. So we came up, and he spoke. Um, and, and there's a reason I'm telling you about the prophetic word, because prophecy is one of the ways that he helps our vision. He's telling you a vision of your future. He sees what He's telling you what he sees for you, and he, he doesn't see you where you are now. Do you know what I mean? Like he sees where he sees you. Like he, see, he wants you to know about that. So he started putting some stuff down that was like, oh, well, I felt guilty because it felt like we, got, we won lotto. You know, when someone, you know, it just felt like, like, oh, that's way better than what they got told. You know, like this. <laughs> the other one's like, oh, your, your, cat's, your cat's definitely going to be okay when she gets through the surgery. Okay? It wasn't like that. It wasn't a bit. It was actually real powerful stuff for everybody. But for me, it felt like it was like the, I had the winning ticket because it was things in my spirit that wanted those things. My spirit was like, oh, that's what I want. I thought he was going to say something that I didn't want. He didn't say pastor, by the way. He did not say pastor. But I um, don't know if I would have carried on if he'd said, you're going to be a pastor. Right. Oh, it's full of lies. <laughs> but um, and literally, uh, so much of that has come to pass. So much of that has happened. And it's been exciting. But the most important thing I want to leave you with about prophecy, um, straight after that, so I would say a few weeks after that, I, I was here, I was giving my life to Jesus because I had an encounter. I was open to the encounter. Maybe, maybe it was a big part because of the prophecy that I agreed with it. And I go, if I agree with it, that means I'm acknowledging something. You know how you slowly, slowly, mentally go through this process. So the prophecy... So after the prophecy, I gave my life to the Lord, and I'm saved. I'm, 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 I'm now like, yep, I'm in the Jesus Club. What's happening? And then we suffered a massive tragedy in our own family, and I say, um, it, it knocked me. And I know if I hadn't been saved, I would be dead, because I probably would have, uh, there's no kids here, um, I'll, it would have been bad for me. If you, imagine whatever you want to imagine from that, I was going to do that. I would have done that, 100%. The only thing I had was that prophecy. I, I held on to that prophecy. Because I thought, if you're real God, I can't, and, and I didn't feel God at that moment because I felt like I was lost. I felt like I'd been abandoned and we were in this horrible place. But I had a prophecy. You said this. And I choose to believe it. Now that's a heart thing. My mind, all over the place. Oh but, oh, but this is no, I can't see well. I don't, but that's by the way, just to help you with that too. Faith is in the heart, it's a heart thing. That's why it says in the and it doesn't say all the time, make uh, talks about thoughts, renewing the mind, talks about the sort of thing in the Bible, but it always refers to the heart. Where's your heart at? You might believe in your heart, but your mind could be all over the place. That's okay, that's called doing Christianity. That's just what that is. You are still beloved. And you are still saved. Faith is in the heart. Yeah, your mind's going to question some stuff. Some people need to hear that right now. I can see that. Some people needed to hear that. How good is he? He doesn't listen to what's going on in our mind. He's listening to what's in our heart. The heart is the decision. It's a decision right in the heart. I'm going to follow you. I believe in you. It's not changing. So um, anyway, someone needed to hear that. Um, so yeah. Prophecy, so important. 
because you might hold, you need to hold on to those prophecies. I think we should get our prophecies out and write them down. We've been going through this, and we're declaring them over our lives, and we're going, it's, it's, it's alive. It's alive in our lives daily, yeah, or weekly. Robust fellowship. I love the word robust. I'm loving that word right now. I, I put down fellowship, and I thought, no, no. Uh, I, I thought Holy Spirit was like robust. This is where we go to felt we go we, we're able to ask hard questions to each other. We're, about, we're able to push back on people in, in a loving way and go, well, I think this. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Well, I think this. Well, let's have a look at it together. This sort of stuff. You pull the Bible apart, pull out the hard verses, go to the real tough ones. Real honestly, go to the tough ones. You build relationship there. Robust fellowship is so important. Oops, what did I do there? Oh, am I pushing a button 100 million times, am I? Yeah, I went real far, didn't I? Um, there's a passage from Luke, but I'll skip through that for now. It's just basically talking about maturity. And we are to unlock and reveal the truth of the fullness of our new nature in Christ. It's a statement that I wanted to put there. This is where we're going to go together. We're going to unravel this together as the years go, but the years go by, <laughs> as the, as time goes by. We're going to do this slowly, and we're going to do this together, and in a way that's going to be hopefully building on top of each other, so that we can, so that we know where we are, ground level, salvation-wise, and we know where we are in Christ and what He's wanting for us, and we're growing in that together, and then we're deepen. We're going to go deep in the Word and show, pull out parts that you might have just gone and just read over it because it seems too grand. But I don't know about you, but my God is a, a God of miracles and he's a supernatural God. And even though I'm just a small cup at the moment, I want to be a bigger cup. So you want to be a bigger cup so you can start seeing and experiencing what the goodness he has for you. So you can start acting out these uh, the miracles that you see. The things you see in the Bible, there's no reason why they shouldn't be happening right now right now. Now, I believe that with faith. My mind has a real issue with a lot of those things. Can I just be honest? That's the work. That's the cup growing, right? And it's okay. That's okay. But I want us to grow together because I really truly believe that we are a group here. You are, you right now are sitting in this chair as a believer of Christ, that you believe what he did for you wasn't just for your salvation. It was because he wants you to be in your fullness, to reach your fullness in Christ. Yeah? So it sounds a little bit like a motivation thing, seminar, but it's not meant to be. It's in him. It's what he's doing in us. We're partnering with Jesus to make the kingdom come. Yeah? So if we could have worship uh, guys come on up here. Matt, there are so many promises in the gospel. There's so much depth in the gospel. And if, to be on a journey where you want to see the fullness of what's written in those pages in your life, does anyone feel like that as well? Anyone else feel like, I'd love to, yes. Anyone else feel like, you know, I just want to see what Paul did happen in my life, you know? I want to see it. I want to see what happened when Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount. I want to see what happened when he healed the sick. I want to see when... A legion of demons flies out of someone. I, why not? I want to see people raised from the dead. Yeah, I said it. It's that crazy church. That crazy church that believes they're going to raise people from the dead. 
but this authority was given to us. He did all that stuff on the cross. He went through all that suffering so we could have all of the fullness of Christ. So I want to encourage, I feel like there's going to be um, some prophetic ministry. God was speaking about that. There's some people here that need to, need to hear a fresh word from God. We're going to get Al to come through as well. So we're going to, um, he's going to uh, help us with this. And we're going, to, we're going to prophesy. We're going to ask God to talk to you about your situation, about your future. And if you're feeling right now, I'd love to know that. I feel that some people here that have never had prophecy before and that this will be a really exciting time for you. But um, just be encouraged. Obviously, test the prophecy, test the word, test the words you hear. But be encouraged that God wants to speak to you because he's making moves right now. He's got plans. He's looking around for people right now and wanting to help them grow that cup so that they can have even more blessings, more favor, but also, obviously, responsibility comes with those things too, right? But he's had to grow you for those things.